Welcome to the 2AMT Podcast. I'm David J. Lohr. You get lured to Austin, Texas with the promise of free queso, and you wind up being interviewed for a podcast. Dominic D'Andrea is the artistic director of the New York One Minute Play Festival. He sat down in Austin, Texas with Travis Bedard to talk about the festival, why a one-minute play is ten times better than a ten-minute play, and how, if you're a playwright, you can get in the game. So, Dominic, let's start with you talking a little bit about about your background in theater, uh, your education. Right. Uh, so I was born here in Texas, actually in El Paso. Uh, my parents were in the military, and they are from Italy. Uh, and I grew up outside of Baltimore, Maryland, uh, and attended school at the University of Maryland, and actually got into theater through music and opera initially. What did you What did you study at Maryland? I studied theater. Uh, performance directing. I studied uh, as an actor, and as, it was a BA in performance. So we studied it was like actually our school was known for theater history. So it was like a large uh, research and theory component to our education and performance. But I was a director there, um, and uh, was always sort of um, being given the ability to do projects and, and stuff like that. Uh, and we had close proximity to Washington, D.C., so a lot of my early sort of artistic um, roots were in D.C. theater. I worked for Source Theater, and I worked uh, for a lot of different companies. I used to assist Eric Schaefer, and I worked at Woolly Mammoth, and assisted on a couple of shows there, and uh, worked at a lot of theaters in the area, and were given a lot of opportunities really young in D.C. Was, were those jobs in directing or...? Yeah, directing, and I... You know, I was on the literary committee for the Source Theater Festival back in the day before it was um, the iteration of the festival it is now, which after it collapsed, it had a kind of reboot. Um, so my whole career, starting with my work in the American College Theater Festival when I was like 19 or something, was always about, since the beginning of me being in theater, is always about working with playwrights. And I owe that to the opportunities that Greg Henry had at the... Uh, was offering us at the uh, ACTF back in the day, and from that moment forward, my whole career was about, my whole artistic life was about working and collaborating with writers. And so that that pushed you into starting the One Minute Play Festival? Um, eventually, yeah. So when I, you know, you're cut to years later, I'm living in New York, and uh, I had a long affiliation with the Lark Play Development Center. I'd been a director there since 2005 and have basically participated in all of their phases of programming from their international exchanges with Mexico to running a more traditional writers group to doing um, roundtable readings and their Playwrights Week festivals and all the other things that they have going on. They've always been sort of my artistic home in New York and have really been inclusive and always luckily have been included in everything that they've been um, doing and continue to be involved uh, I guess, you know, all the years in New York of being involved with playwrights sort of led me to that path. We actually started the One Minute Play Festival specifically because of two things. One, a theater company that I work with in Brooklyn participated in a really large national short-form theater festival that was supposed to be about community and inclusion, and we felt it really felt short for us. Like, we felt like we were kind of paraded in and out, and we didn't really have a context of what we were doing, we didn't meet or have any deeper, meaningful conversations. The, the participating group didn't have enough context. Right. We were sort of just there, and then we did it, and then we were gone. And the, the PR was about all this amazing stuff. And I think 
all of us felt like we didn't really get any of that nutrition from participating in the festival. <laughs> so we were like, oh, that kind of sucks. Um, but we really liked the idea of it. Um, and then around the same time, there was a class being offered in New York uh, that was like something like how to write a well-made 10-minute play. And all of the young artists that I was working with were all sick of like being asked at the time because I was a little younger. Um, you know, like to do one minute play or ten minute plays to write or direct or participate in ten minute play festivals, and the, really the same problem is that like with ten minute festivals, there's a culture of people that are sort of uh, uh, deputized to kind of go out and source people and make these little plays and bring them in where no one really knows each other, and they're just sort of like this big eclectic mishmash of stuff happening, and there's no like central community or idea. If you're lucky, there was a theme or a bake off or something, but really like no community building, no aspect, and we all felt like. One of the playwrights said, oh, we always watch like a 10-minute play and there's only like one minute of that 10-minute play. It's like the event or the thing that happens. So sort of like listening to what was going on in the air, we decided, okay, cool. So what if we just got a lot of playwrights involved and like tried to really look at what the 10-minute play form is and distill it down to the most essential storytelling event or the core emotional content? And then we just invited a bunch of me being the at that time the Brick Theater and we were collaborating with another theater company, a Latino theater called Monarch Theater. Um, and we just did it as an experiment and like the next year we were just like, okay, we're gonna invite a lot of writers we know and we're just gonna ask them to like really just like make <laughs> make an event in a minute and we'll see what happens. We had no idea what it was gonna be about or how it was going to work. We just wanted to see if we could do it like purely experimental. Um, and like from that first festival, we had no idea if anyone was going to show up. The Brick Theater. How many how many people participated in that first festival? Oh my God, probably like fifty playwrights. In the, in the first festival. Yeah, at this little tiny theater that was like in Brooklyn. It's not that tiny. It's like eighty seats, but we crammed like a hundred. <laughs> there were people sitting in the floor, and we had so many actors that first year that literally there's a bar across the street that gives out free pizza called the Alligator Lounge, and we had the, the Act One actors in the space, and then in intermission, the actors from Act One would have to exit the theater and go across the street, <laughs> and the actors have been drinking beer crap, and they were, and some of the playwrights who worked with an Act Two just sort of moseyed on over for Act Two, and we did it, and it was like a big. I mean, it really drew the, the community in and everyone was involved and, and all the playwrights showed up and watched um, and it was cool uh, so we decided from that moment like from the first weekend we did the festival that we really wanted to continue uh, to create a festival that was a, com- a playwright focused community event um, really exploring like what the form an emerging form of theater being a one minute play is uh, and one minute plays have existed in the ether of the world in various different forms or uh, I know there's another festival that a community theater in the Midwest somewhere that's been doing one minute plays for a long time but I think that the way we're charging artists to do it in the festival had never really been done and definitely not with the caliber of artists and the sort of concentration and with the community focus that we offer in the festival uh, so we wanted to continue doing it um, so we did we did Four more years in New York. How is how is the festival different going into your fifth year <laughs> than than I mean aside from probably not having quite so many actors? Oh, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Just have bigger venues now. We have more people uh, attending. Uh, but the festival. It's interesting. The one minute play really. The, the biggest thing I can say is I can speak to the evolution of what the one minute play form that we've been advocating. And it's hard to exactly say what it is, but we know exactly what it's not. Um, and the one 
the thing that like happens, a lot of the writers from the first year of us doing the festival have stuck with the, we've invited mostly a core group of writers to participate either every year or every other year, and then the focus is in bringing as many people in as possible to create a large and inclusive community. Um, but the one-minute play form has evolved so quickly because we're having all this conversation about it, constantly interfacing with the, with the experimentation of making it, that the form really, like when you see a good one-minute play, it suggests a world that's much bigger than an event is in that moment. Um, and it, it sort of transcends you to another time and place or meaning um, that maybe like other short forms like sketch or, or different types of short form theater offer. Um, a lot of the playwrights really take on really serious topical things that are in the air. Um, so every year the festival is kind of a survey of what people are thinking about and doing. And now you, you keep talking about the craft, and you keep talking about uh, the the different type of short form theater. What kind of what kind of uh, restrictions aside from time? Do you put on the playwrights? I mean, they have the one minute, right? But so do, yeah. do they only have two weeks to write it? Do no, 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 no. So I give them a few weeks to write it because we ask some rather well-known playwrights who are busy. Um, so we probably give them between six and eight weeks to turn it out from the time they're due. The restrictions are really like we give no thematic guidelines whatsoever. We say that they're writing for uh, four chairs. We used to have tables and stuff. We got rid of tables. So now we're waiting for four, four chairs. We're this over extravagant. Oh, tables no. have to go. Have to go. <laughs> I think if you're a true theater artist, there's nothing that you can't represent with four chairs, really. So <laughs> I'll go on record saying that. <laughs> so it's really like four chairs, lights up, lights down, and no other design elements. That's it. That is the guideline, period plain and simple. Anything else a writer wants to do is absolutely fine. As long as it's a minute, and yeah, it's totally like, basically, whatever the writer wants to do, and a lot of times when writers are new to the festival, they come in and they've, they're, you know, sometimes they're right on. Sometimes writers have an impulse. I remember Elizabeth Merriweather. Do you know Elizabeth Merriweather? I don't Mistake know. Madeline. She wrote um, Mistakes Madeline Made and Hedatron, which was Hedda Gobbler with Robots, and she wrote the film... Hedatron, opening in Austin <laughs> this very Thursday. Is it really? It really is. Oh, yeah, she didn't know that. Paper chairs. Look it up. Wow. Um, she also wrote the movie uh, No Strings Attached, which is playing right now with Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. It's like the number one comedy in America. When I asked her to do the One Minute Play Festival like in our second or third year, she was like, okay, cool. Like, I shit you not, like 20 minutes later, she emailed me like... 10 or 12 one minute plays. <laughs> <laughs> and they were so fucking brilliant. They were like, just like, some of them were like four lines. It was like a guy in a video store wanted to rent the Goonies and his girlfriend said no. And then he got pissed off. And then like, you know, just like, just really like, sort of really dialed in, really specific emotional moments. And sometimes I feel like Claret's take on the festival and really have an immediate impulse and they, they come right back with what it is and sometimes in the case of writers that we worked with uh, in the past year especially that they come back and they really struggle with the form they really struggle with the economy and struggle with trying to figure out what exactly they can do within that um, uh, framework um, so sometimes the play will be really off and we, we guarantee to represent every writer that we ask to submit to the festival. So I don't do an open submission process. So if you write for the festival, you will be included in it. But that does mean that if you're off the mark in terms of what will fit in an evening of 80 plays and fit in the flow and the continuum of a lot of people's work, 
and still have, like sort of we try to like make it work for uh, the evening as it exists and still try to like really source the individual voice. So sometimes there's a dramaturgical rewrite process that can happen sometimes up to six weeks. And there's one particular play in Los Angeles that went through like six or eight iterations to get it to the point. <laughs> for <laughs> and it was well worth it for a one minute play and it was a really great play. But I mean, you know, in the case of someone like Liz who, you know, 20 minutes later gives you 12 plays that you'll cherish forever and then in the case of someone else it takes them six weeks to really um, figure out the voice in the midst of all the economy that the festival's offering to get it right so I hope that answers your question kind of rambling no I think it, I think it actually does and I think it actually leads into what is what is your favorite what is your favorite thing about a one minute play that you can't get from any other form that's a great question and it's it's something about the play. It's it's a two part it's a two part answer actually. One is about the idea that like a one minute play festival is an epic, an athletic, emotionally athletic experience. It's American epic theater, even though it's small, because you're seeing between fifty and ninety plays, depending on what the iteration of the festival we're doing, um, and it's just massive. You know, so the scope of the thing is what's really exciting. Uh, but also the the individual attempt at expressing something that's so fucking immediate and can have the power to be so life-changing and offer so much emotional power in like a single moment. It's so fascinating. I mean, I think if you're watching a full-length play, you're lucky if you get five minutes of a really, your favorite production of all time, if you get five minutes that really stick out for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's not unreasonable to assume that something can be created that's transcended in a minute. And I think the idea that, that, oh, it's only a minute, really goes out the window very quickly. People spend, you know, our directors and our actors spend weeks sometimes crafting these things to get them to land just right. You know, so they're they're a labor of love, and they're also um, they're just. I think when when you experience it, it really makes you question why the form hasn't existed longer. Why we when we think of short form theater, does it always default to a ten minute play form? Um, and uh, yeah, it's just really it's an exciting thing to experience viscerally. And you know, one minute can be something incredibly uh, gut wrenching, and the next moment could just be something completely different or <laughs> hilarious and so you're kind of like thumbing through this evening and like that's cool that's cool that sucks that's amazing oh that made me cry and then <laughs> you know so it's it's really not ever one thing um, so this is the fifth year of the New York Festival it'll be our fifth year you are going into your fifth right. year of the New York Festival correct uh, and how many other cities have you planted this in well it's it's funny right now we're getting calls from theaters all over the country and all over the world so people's interest as they keep reading about it is getting bigger and bigger and bigger but so far we've done uh, we were in Los Angeles we started the year at New York with uh, a story performing arts center which our 2AMT friends are probably well familiar with. Um, and then we went, which was a huge festival, and we did it in Queens this year, which was great. Uh, and then we took it to Los Angeles, and we did the largest festival we've ever done, which was our first national festival with, in partnership with East LA Rep, um, a company working out of Boyle Heights in East Los Angeles that has a really uh, heavy community-based and Latino voice focus. So we 
had a lot of writers involved in that festival. There were 50, 52 or 53 playwrights. And we did 95 plays, which is way, way bigger than any one-minute play festival should ever be. But for that event, there were so many... Once, once the word got out that it was happening, all these writers wanted to be involved, and all these amazing writers wanted to be involved. And there was no way that for a two-day community event that I was going to exclude anyone who really needed to be a part of it. So we just decided, well, it's going to be a really long two days, but we're going to do it. And we had uh, 55 actors, and we did 95 plays in a warehouse with no electricity. <laughs> we had to like build the lighting trees and the whole nine yards. And then like almost every artistic leader in Los Angeles came, and the community, not just theater people, but people from the community came to support it. I would say demographically, half of our participants were Spanish speakers. Over half of them, of the actors, were over the age of 40. And it was really, really diverse, and um, almost nobody was white, which was really also amazing. Um, so it really did cut into a demographic and created a dialogue in a community that doesn't, that didn't really exist. I mean, people that were really excited just to be in the room and talking with people. And there was this one playwright, I forget who, uh, he, after the play when everyone's like speaking or, or chatting, he literally just stood in the middle of the warehouse and turned a camera on and did a 360 and just looked at all the people who were speaking to each other and tagged them all in this really amazing like 45-second clip of just the rotating camera. Um, and that was a really super exciting way to start. Um, we got fired up. And the very next weekend, we traveled to uh, San Francisco and partnered with one of my favorite organizations in the country, uh, the Players Foundation, Amy Mueller and Jill McLean, my old friend, um, who's producing there. And we did... A smaller, like more New York size festival, 75 plays um, uh, by 30 Bay Area playwrights. And that was more like the New York festival. Like it was more of a playwright focused and more of a theater audience. Um, but really nice festival, uh, really, really smart plays. And I'm really struck by the community of actors there as well as the community of playwrights. They had some really fantastic people. And it was one of the, one of the strange things about doing that festival is I was the only guy in the room who didn't know everybody else. <laughs> I was like, that was definitely a small community because everybody there knows each other and I was the only guy. Los Angeles, no one knew each other, which was really exciting. And San Francisco, everybody did. Um, and then this past, two weeks ago, we just did our, a similar festival to L.A. We did the, out in New Jersey, in New Brunswick, New Jersey, which is really close to New York, but we partnered with this small organization called the New Brunswick Theater Festival, um, which does a lot of work with classics and with new plays, and they serve the community. They basically go in the community and work with youths or incarcerated peoples and, um, and make theater with them. And their young organization of, of recent Rutger MFA grads, and they're sponsored by another, they're fiscally sponsored by another organization that's well known in New Brunswick. And I wanted to help them uh, by rallying artists around their mission. They have this really amazing mission. They're doing great work. So I, I, I didn't know how the festival was going to go. We did 50, 51 plays by 23 writers. Um, and I was like, well, this will go either way. It's New Jersey. And it was one of the best festivals we ever did. It was awesome. We were in a lecture hall on the Rutgers campus. <laughs> <laughs> and it was really full, and the plays were really, really good. Some of the best plays we ever did were in the New Brunswick Women in Play Festival. Um, and I was really pleased with the way that turned out. And it looks like that one might actually turn into an annual. Just like so far, I would also say that it looks like Los Angeles, San Francisco, every festival we've done so far wants the festival to return, so that's a good sign. Um, and next, I think I can announce this yet because I have a contract, but uh, we're going to Victory Gardens in Chicago, 
um, and we're on the main stage May 15th and 16th. Uh, wow. Yeah, and that's going to be cool. It's like, you know, 300 seats or whatever they have in the And that's really exciting, and we're starting the planning for that now, actually. Um, and that's going to be cool, and I think that we're talking um, about the festival there supporting the Fresh Squeeze programming, which is uh, uh, all of the playwright-driven stuff that they do within their organization, so the funds from that festival will specifically benefit uh, programs that benefit um, the playwright community of Chicago or their commissioning process, and they also do, like, the the Ignition Festival every other year, so so the funds will support the thing that happens in the off year of that festival, which is what they do to bring playwrights there. Um, they function sort of as a play lab in the summer months. Um, that's going to be really exciting, and we're talking about using all Chicago playwrights. Awesome. Yeah, no New York playwrights and no crossover playwrights. Like, they want... Chicago is a town that wants all of their own people, and I'm really, really happy to to have that be the case there. I think that's going to be really cool. And then some other festivals, Washington, D.C., uh, and uh, some other festivals are being planned right now that we'll announce shortly, too. As soon as you get some contracts signed? As soon as I get some contracts signed. <laughs> so so if, if you were a city that wanted to bring the One Minute Play Festival in, what would, what would you have to do? What sort, of, what sort of partnership would it take? Well, first, I have to be in a city that has a culture of playwrights. I'm not in the, I've, I've said no to cities that have called me that, or theater companies that don't have a community. I only partner with theaters. I'll backtrack and say I only partner with theaters that either have a community-based or a playwright-focused uh, mission or component to their mission. So we say that 50% of every one-minute play festival's funds, minus the producing costs and whatever it takes to fly me around, goes towards uh, those specific initiatives within theater companies um, instead of just dumping the funds into their general budget or producing. It actually has to benefit playwrights, community, or playwrights and community. Um, and it has to be in a city that has a culture of playwrights. If you don't have the people that can sort of source and contribute and add their voices to the project, nobody will care. <laughs> so it has to be in a city or in a location that has a, uh, a tradition of, of people writing theater and a strong tradition of people writing theater and that the company also has to fit the mission of what our mission is. So it's a two-part thing. And I'm happy to talk to whoever wants to bring it. I mean, we're talking to small towns right now, big cities. Anybody that has um, the ability to, to host us will you know, we'll definitely open that conversation. What do, you, what do you think is the benefit to bringing the One Minute Play Festival to a town? Community building, plain and simple. Um, when the One Minute Play Festival first started getting a lot of momentum in New York, there was a theater that offered us a Lort contract to come and bring like 50 of our greatest plays um, and do like a like a Lort two week like contract or some three week contract. And I just felt like when I looked at what they were offering us, I felt like it was kind of selling out. And I really went back to the sort of original motivations to like why we started the festival, which was a, a playwright focused community event. And I thought, wow, if I'm going to go around the country or go out and do this, I actually have to make it with the people that are there like we do in New York and kind of bottle the lightning and the excitement and the energy and not just sort of present what we're doing. Like, we're not a producing organization in the same sense. We're, we're a community festival. Um, so we have to be a community festival, and we have to take the brunt of what that means, which means we have limited performances 
which means that we have to involve people from the area, which means we have to work with what we have and who we have and really work with them to sort of bring out the best work possible. And if you're an audience member, if you're in L.A. or you're in New Jersey or you're in Chicago when you go to Victory Gardens, if you're an audience member, you're sitting next to me on the train, I see you're holding this playbill for One Minute Player <laughs> Festival, how do, you, how do you get me to come? How do you explain to me that this is going to be a fun night for me? Well, it's kind of an easy sell. I mean, if you're if you're not immediately associated with people in the community coming, that's sort of built in when you were inviting like you know a hundred artists from a given city to participate in the festival. <laughs> <laughs> if you were cheating, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, we're cheating. It's really about safety and numbers. <laughs> um, but really, no. It's you know I think that I try to say that we're we're sort of. Um, we're expressing the ideas uh, of the particular culture in the most immediate way possible. One thing that always strikes you about the festival is how um, different theme, we give no thematic content when we ask writers to write. And every year, every city, every place we go, many, many, many repeating things emerge. Many themes, many types of plays, and it's not something we plan on, but it's something that we really pay attention to in the curation process. Um, so it really does, and I can give you a million examples, like in San Francisco there were three or four plays about umbrellas, in this recent New Jersey festival there were um, uh, four plays about interviews and five plays about feeding things with bread, which is, <laughs> so it sounds like one day, or can be as serious as like two years ago when we were at Here Art Center doing the festival, um, about half of the plays were about gay violence, they were about man-on-man violence, and either gay about plays about gay relationships that have turned violent or or about hate crimes and it was nothing that we sort of indicated in the makeup of the writers even chose it's just something that emerged so then we have to deal with that so I think one of the exciting things about bringing the festival is that it really does represent a survey of what everyone is thinking in the most immediate way possible we need kind of a survey of your artistic community exactly in that moment it's sort of a litmus test of like what everyone's thinking and doing and what their impulses are so one minute play invites you to sort of explore and express your impulses in the most immediate way possible and uh, and we just try to really um, unpack that and build that up so we don't try to we, we're, we're like really concerned about not being prescriptive other than like four chairs lights up lights down if it doesn't fit if the demands are too high for like 80 plays and actors moving four chairs around lights up lights down and like we won't do it or something but you know that's never really the case people people really hear that okay so you have Victory Gardens coming up in Chicago right and you have your fifth New York Festival correct so that's that's what's coming up in the immediate future well, for the one no, and, then, and then Washington DC is being planned we'll announce that shortly that will be before New York Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Um, where, do you, where do you see, best case scenario, the One Minute Play Festival in five years? Well, we're talking about right now the plan for the One Minute Play Festival, and we're talking with people about the possibility of doing it as a one-night off-Broadway event with celebrities like similar to other um, short benefit-focused events. Um, and it looks like there's some people behind it that may actually... Uh, it may actually be a possibility that this will be like a one-night Broadway event for some given charity um, that we'd have to choose. But, you know, it's for me, like, it's about the mission. So if, <laughs> if we found the right partnership with the right charity, that would be the case. 
but like we really try to and I really try to practice what I preach with the festival about being transparent and making sure the artists that are gifting their time know what what, what it's doing and where the funds are going um, and what we're doing it for and keeping the goals really clear and specific um, so if that presents itself that would be an awesome opportunity and if not I'll continue I'll be perfectly happy continuing it the way that it is I don't try to make it into anything different you know, we try to really stay true to what the mission is, and the mission is about community and playwrights. Um, and whatever that is, whether that be the main stage at Victory Gardens or a lecture hall at the State University of New Jersey, <laughs> <laughs> we'll play ball as long as it fits our mission. The New York One Minute Play Festival is entering its fifth year. It has served up over 400 plays by 186 playwrights and counting. Later this year, the One Minute Play Festival will be coming to other communities, giving more playwrights a chance to, well, play. One note, after all of that, Dominic never did get his free queso. Of course, you can join the conversation at any time by going to Twitter and searching for the hashtag 2AMT. You can also visit the website, 2AMTheater.com. You have been listening to the music of Tamara Deering. I'm David J. Lore. Tune in again next time for more Thinking Outside the Black Box from 2AMT. Mm-hmm.